2: It's Let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger baseball.
1: Happy Monday, everyone, and thank you for listening to another week of The Incline. This is Kevin Klein here. I hope you had a great weekend, because I sure did, because the Los Angeles Dodgers took it to the San Francisco Giants. They swept them in a three-game series at Oracle. I hope everyone had a blast watching that. Today, we're joined by another awesome guest, a friend of the show. He's becoming a regular out here. It's Blake Harris covering the Los Angeles Dodgers for True Blue L.A., you can find him on Twitter at Blake Harris TBLA for all the awesome content and videos on your Dodgers action. Blake, how's it going, man?
2: Now, I don't want to tip my own horn, but I feel like I'm definitely the best Blake you guys have interviewed in the past month. <laughs> am I right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the only well, one I remember. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, don't th- I was going to say it's not often when you're the uh, second best Blake uh, being being interviewed within a month span but hey I'll take it. I'll I'll sit behind uh, trying in any day of the week but thanks for having me on.
1: Of course and we're always glad to have you back with us. So the Dodgers as I said swept the Giants 3 game series. What a blast it was. The Dodgers outscored the Giants 19 to 9 overall. Over their last 12 games, they're now 11 and 1 during that stretch. So the Dodgers have had a weird span where they went 13 and 2, then 5 and 15, then 11 and 1. David Rosenthal, I know you have some bragging rights, so I'll pass the torch to you. What do you have to say for yourself?
3: I do. And thank you, Kevin. Yeah. So last week we were joined by Dusty Baker. So that makes four hosts last week. And only one of them picked the Dodgers to sweep. And that would be the person talking right now. Uh, I didn't buy this giants team. I still don't buy them. They, they got exposed. Uh, the Dodgers are their superior team. The giants have a solid roster, but their pitching staff got exposed. Their offense got exposed. Their age got exposed. And it, it was good to see uh, it was it, the Dodgers needed to do that. They, they really did. Uh, the Padres are playing really good baseball and what the Dodgers just did this past weekend was a statement game uh, statement series. And I was lucky enough to go in person on Friday, I got to see Bauer hype up the crowd gladiator style. That was pretty awesome, Uh, but big series win for the Dodgers needed. Yeah,
1: absolutely. The Dodgers are now 29 and 18 this season. They've won seven consecutive games. They're undefeated still in the Albert Pujols era. So let's keep that rolling. Jake Reiner, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. This is this was awesome. I I
0: predicted that the uh, either the the Giants were going to take two out of three or the Dodgers were going to take two out of three, but that it wasn't going to be a sweep. So I'm just going to throw that out there um, for my a terrible prediction. But I do want to say that it could have gone that way, right? I mean, that's the thing with this team. It's like you just mentioned the the sort of the roller coaster ride we've been on since the beginning of the season Kevin where we sometimes don't know what team is going to show up and when they do it's you know it's sort of like you don't know until the game starts and for me that series was was awesome be, because not only did the Dodgers show up in a big way and not only were the Giants exposed but the Dodgers had a ton of injuries that they had to navigate through. They were without Bellinger where they've been without him for a while without McKinstry, without Seager. um, They they lost Jimmy Nelson. Mookie for two games. And Mookie was not there for two out of the three games and they still won pretty handily. And that's what I was missing from them during that five and 15 stretch, because we had a number of these players still on the team, even though we were dealing with injuries, they just weren't playing that well. But it's really nice. We, we got a nice little ramp up to the Giants series by you know kind of going through Miami and, and, and taking it to them. And then and we took it to Arizona. And we ramped up really nicely for this Giants series. And now we're in a perfect position to face an Astros team who just got swept by the Rangers.
1: Yeah, so we'll go around the horn. I'll start this one off, each just giving a big takeaway from this past series, how we just dominated the Giants. So for me... What really stood out was the Dodgers starting pitching. We, we talked last week how the Giants on paper had the best starting staff ERA. That's no longer the case. In that three-game stretch, the Dodgers, the starters had a 186 combined ERA, 26 strikeouts, over 19 and a third innings. That was absolutely huge. Um, obviously, Trevor Bauer was the big one that stood out, but I want to give you guys the opportunity to probably elaborate on that. So I'll give it over to Blake now.
2: I mean, you touched on it—the starting pitching. We we expected uh, Bauer, you know, Bueller, Urias, We we figured they'd shove, but I mean, it, it truly is remarkable. I, I'm still trying to get over the fact that Bauer threw 126 pitches, which yeah. nowadays, like, if you throw 110, that's almost unheard of. Where getting into 126, and the crazy part is, I feel like he could have gotten to like 140, 150. What was it following the game? Someone asked him, like, how did it feel to empty the tank? And he's like, "Who said I emptied the tank?" And I'm thinking, like. Because someone asked him, to like, how many more pitches do you, could you have thrown? And he didn't give, like, an exact answer. But I was hoping he could have said, like, I'm good for 150. Uh, just because that's not giving Dave any good ideas there. But I, just overall, yeah, three, three fantastic games. I'm upset that David got to witness the Gladiator moment in person because <laughs> uh, it, that was just so epic. And I just love this guy more and more each day. But, you know, the starting pitching, they got the job done. I mean, at this point in the season, the fact that you can make the case that Kershaw is the, I guess, fourth best starter – or I guess technically worst starter so far that's in this four-man rotation is absurd because everyone's just been doing so well. So, yeah, the starting pitching was excellent. Um, but also my, my biggest takeaway, I just want to give a shout-out to Gabe Kapler for uh, Sunday's game because for every reason he thought it was a great, great idea to intentionally walk DJ Peters, which uh, I think at the time it was 5 nothing. I want to say, when they intentionally walked and then Julio hit the double. Like, do they just see DJ and think this guy is about to, you know, go like Adam Dunn on them and just hit an absolute move? Well, he can, but like, do they not have the scouting report that if you just threw him a high fastball, he's a guaranteed strikeout? So uh, DJ Peters getting the intentional walks like crazy. I'm down. And uh, like I said, that literally changed the course of the game on on, on Sunday because he probably strikes out. It's 5 nothing. plenty of time to get back in the game. So starting pitching, they shoved. Gabe Kapler, thank you. And as David, I think, said it earlier, the Giants were exposed for who a lot of us kind of assumed they were because uh, they hadn't been playing really any good teams, you know, for the most part, I think they had one of the easiest schedules in baseball for the first month and a half. So uh, I, did, I, I didn't predict the sweep. I, I wish I could have been on board with David. I did predict two out of three, but uh, I'm still very down for a giant sweep any day of the week over the Dodgers biggest and uh, only rivals.
0: What Gabe Kapler didn't know was that it was actually Julio Urias who is Adam Dunn. Yeah, and, you're right. Yeah. And, and he just absolutely destroyed that pitch. So, yeah, I mean, just, just based, you know, kind of what I was talking about earlier, it, it was, it was nice to see guys step up that, um, you know, hadn't been stepping up thus far. I mean, we're, we're seeing Gavin Lux who is on an absolute tear right now. And I just want to, put this out there because I I put it out there on, on Twitter during the game is that this was one of the only podcasts. I think it was the only podcast. I know Blake has his own uh, podcast, but um, that basically said, let's have patience with this guy. Let's see what, let's see what happens when he gets consistent at bats. He hasn't had, he hadn't had that up until now. And now he is the starting shortstop with Seeger out, but he was the starting second baseman. So he is getting regular at bats and he's coming through and he is performing to the level that the Dodgers were scouting him all these years for. And he's proving why he was rated so highly as a prospect. Um, That's huge. And not, and not only offensively, but what an upgrade defensively, just just knowing that a routine ground ball hit to shortstop is not going to be an adventure is really just a nice thing to have. And his, his arm is, you know, adequate and he can, and he has nice range. He gets to a ton of balls and that that's just, I mean, what, what team out there can lose an all time, all star talent world series MVP in Corey Seager and replace him with someone that is just as good. Um, that's why this team is as, is, is as spectacular as it is. And like I said, in our last episode, the Giants, would not be able to withstand any of the injuries that the Dodgers have been able to withstand. And that's a true Testament to how deep this team is. And yeah, they were exposed this weekend and I'm glad that the Dodgers were able to step up and do that.
3: Yeah. So you guys touched on it. I'm going to touch on it a little bit here in a second, but I just want to shout out Nate Jones for a second. Uh, this what dude came in, came in first game got uh, five outs after being in the Albuquerque desert and not getting to the stadium until two hours before game time. Uh, the Dodgers picked this guy up off the street. Atlanta threw him away. Uh, he was good in, good on the White Sox. And this dude just comes up, oh, you're in Albuquerque? All right, come to the stadium. All right, I'll get five high leverage outs, no problem. Uh, so shout out to Nate Jones uh, for saving that game uh, after Bauer threw 126 pitches. But the starting pitching has, has been the Dodgers' greatest strength by far. Uh, and my takeaway is, is Walker Buehler looked as good as he's looked all season. And if you look at the numbers uh, he's actually been their worst starter, uh, you know, Kershaw and, and, and Arias and Bauer uh, have been very consistent across the board. But if you look at the numbers uh, I mean, Buehler in Sierra is 17th and FIP is 29th expected ERA, not in the top 30 and war 27th. And then you, you pair that with Bauer uh, Sierra for Bauer is fourth in MLB, FIP 16th, expected ERA second, War 13th, Kershaw Sierra is 10th, FIP is seventh, expected ERA 11th, and War is sixth in baseball. And Arias is right along the same lines, ninth in War, 14th expected ERA, ninth in FIP, and seventh in Sierra. So my takeaway is, is Bueller. Uh, he looked phenomenal. Uh, that's the best I've seen him look in a while. The command was there, the breaking ball was there. And, you know, once he gets going, he, he tends to be a bit of a slow starter in the regular season from what I've, from what I remember. Uh, and once he gets on these level, these other three guys, uh, I don't know what they're going to, how, how are you going to stop this team? Every, every, every pitcher on the Dodgers is like, oh shit, we have to play him. Uh, so that's my, that's my takeaway. Gonsolin pitched three innings for uh, Oklahoma city the other day. So I'll be interested to see how he does in the majors, but this pitching staff is ridiculous.
2: I just wanted to add two quick things on Nate Jones where one, I think it was Friday night. Someone asked Dave post game, like was the first time you and Nate Jones interacted when you gave him the ball in the seventh inning. And I was like, (laughs) I was just hoping that Dave would have said like, actually, yes, that was my first interaction. But like, I think that he met like at six o'clock, like one hour prior. And also Nate Jones even mentioned this on Saturday. Cause I remember the reason I think like the Braves released him was because his walk rate was just like insanely high. He had something like 10 walks. And I think, I don't know, like, 12 innings or something like that. Well, he was like talking in his presser and he was like, yeah, everyone like talks about my walk rate, but like more than half of those walks were intentional walks. So I know everyone was freaking out, but he, I guess, had a lot of intentional walks. So again, if he can just get those walk numbers down, because, you know, David mentioned when he was with the White Sox, the dude was a stud and in his brief outings with the Braves, he was good. He just walked a bunch of guys kind of like Kenley, but uh, so yeah, Nate Jones, we we love Nate Jones in this household. He is the uh, future future uh, all-star reliever the Dodgers desperately need.
3: <laughs> he could be yeah, the next grand a You can give Blake Trinan a rest for once, and Victor. <laughs> You'd think that the Braves would know that a lot of those were intentional walks.
0: I mean, isn't Brian Snitker ordering those intentional walks? That That's right. a
3: weird one. Yeah, it looks you had to like... know that once, once the Dodgers picked up Nate Jones, you know the Braves' jam was like, oh, shit, here we go.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just looked it up. He has four intentional walks, and like his – Four outings on the year. All right. So I got my Trevor Bauer
1: in the clutch shirt on. And that's because Trevor Bauer absolutely shoved the other game as we were talking about. I'm glad he made his case to come out in the seventh. I know a lot of people were questioning, like, how do you let this guy out there? He was already at, I think, 116 pitches, I want to say.
3: Yeah.
1: The, 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 you know, the mechanics were a little off. He was getting a little wild, but 20, he, His last 20 pitches, 14 of those 20 final pitches, the velocity was over 95 miles per hour. So he was throwing his hardest at the end of the game. If you actually remember, he was throwing like 92, 93 pretty consistently. Towards the end, he was up up in that velocity. I forget who he struck out, but he got his 11th strikeout. Then Roberts was able to take him out, go to Nate Jones. Trevor Bauer, I don't know how anyone dislikes this guy at this point. He's made a name for himself in the Dodgers record books already. When that bullpen was depleted because of the bullpen game, since Jake hates those Trevor Bauer was willing to throw all the pitches necessary to preserve that bullpen. And they only needed to use Nate Jones and then Blake Trinan to close it out. Well, that's my, that's my whole thing about the
0: bullpen game bullpen games is that you have Trevor Bauer. Yes, he can throw 126 pitches, but why would you want to force him to do that? And Right. And, and and I'm glad that Nate Jones was able to come in and shut the door, but what if he didn't like, what if like, you know, he, there was a, you know, a guy that you don't, you know, fully trust yet could come in and, and absolutely get, you know, blown out of there. So that's a very, you know, that's not a great position to put yourself in. If, if, if you're the Dodgers, you, 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 are kind of playing with fire there um, and it worked out, but If it didn't work out, you'd have a lot of people saying, well, why'd you bring in Nate Jones, the new guy in this situation? And then the answer is, well, we didn't really have, you know, we didn't have anybody else to bring in because we wasted everybody the the, the day before in a bullpen game. I I am just like praying that Tony Gonsolin is okay and that he can come back and be the fifth starter because I'm sick of this crap.
2: Yeah, I, I just wanted to add one. I haven't caught every like you know episode you guys have done this season, so I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but remember when you know Dave at the beginning of the season was saying, "Oh yeah, we have eight starters with Jimmy Nelson being one of the starters." I know he had like a spot start in the uh, bullpen game like a week ago, but can he like go five innings or you know get you four innings? Like I, I'm with you, Jake. I not a fan of the bullpen games i'm fine if they want to throw jimmy nelson for four do like edwin you set it for three and then go for david their price. needed but yeah david price have him go for like i don't get why it's not well, jimmy nelson for four david price for four and then pray to god you're up and then use edwin you or dennis santana when you have a seven run lead and pray that that sign fine yeah. but yeah I, I i especially before bauer because yeah you're asking him to you know essentially He's not going to throw his arm off, but yeah, asking him to go 126 pitches isn't, isn't the most ideal. So yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of the uh, using six, seven arms in in one game and just saying, well, Bowers should give us seven to eight because you never know. I think I mean, there's a couple reasonable explanations
1: for why that's not the case. David Price was probably going to get to that point, but he had to spend a month on the IL. So that definitely sets him back. And then Jimmy Nelson I know for sure he is not stretched out. He hadn't pitched in over a year, and, you know, they want to ease him back in, and now he's on the IL. I think it's more for precautionary reasons, but still, Nelson, to me, has established himself as one of the best high-leverage relievers in the game, and I don't want to burn him out in a spot start.
3: And you also got to consider, I don't know if they were going to seriously consider it, but Josiah Gray being shut down during this time after May got hurt, I think maybe possibly affected their plans because, may- hey, maybe they throw him there for a couple spot starts. So I, I don't know. I-, I think if anyone should be stretched out, it should be David Price. I kind of like Nelson in the one to two inning role because he's just been absolutely dominant, uh, minus his first two outings of the year.
1: Max Muncie is scorching hot. His batting average is now up to 292. Who would have thought, given how his season started? He's an on base of 460. He's Got 10 home runs over his last seven games played, 476 batting average, 857 slugging. What are your guys' that's just takeaways of Max Muncie turning it around?
2: That Jay cured him.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Blake. No, I
2: Blake, you you did a
0: great breakdown of uh what Max Max muncy has been doing since May 5th. And I just so happened to have tweeted on that same day <laughs> um when they were playing the Cubs that he looked different. He was hitting the ball to the opposite field. And and remember up in that, up until that point, he wasn't making contact with the ball. It was either a strikeout or a walk. So I kind of noticed that he was kind of changing his approach and he was hitting ball to the opposite field. He also took Craig Kimbrell deep. um, And, I could just tell that, that that things were turning around from him. We need Max Muncy. We need Max Muncy. We need Will Smith. We need Justin Turner and Chris Taylor. I mean, those are the guys that are going to have to carry the load while we're dealing with the Bellinger Seager and now Betts injury, which I'd like to get into a little bit if you guys uh, wanted to talk about Mookie Betts. Right. but. Max Muncy is that guy and you can rely on him. And it is really nice to see that he's not just getting walks, but driving in runs. That's what was driving me crazy about his the first part of the season which was he was missing balls down the middle and he wasn't driving in runs and he was doing that pass the torch thing but the problem was is that after him nobody else was hitting and we kind of needed him to be that guy to drive and run so I'm super thrilled with what he's doing and it kind of aligns with the prediction I made at the beginning of the season where I thought Max Muncy's going to have another 35 home run season and 100 RBIs and it looks like that's what's going to happen. Can you tweet about Justin Turner next? <laughs> yes, I will. And I'm actually wearing oh, yeah. my Justin Turner in the clutch shirt, oh, nice. which yes. you should go to in the clutch.com with a promo code, incline 20, I believe it is for yes. 20% Incl- off. Incline Dodgers, incline Dodgers,
1: <laughs> Dodgers. want to get that right. Are, are, guys con- are you guys concerned about Justin Turner's defense at all? I was looking at the stats and he has a negative four or negative five defensive run save already this early. Wow. It's that bad. It's, it's that bad it's so crazy kevin <laughs> you come up
0: with these stats where i'm like i'm watching the game and i they just doesn't it doesn't align like that's it's, it's so
2: weird that's like how justin turner's kind of like been for the last few years where it seems like he'll have the occasional play where it's like he might have been a little slow getting there or whatever but it seems like he's making like consistently like above average plays but like his, de- his defensive numbers are always just below average so i i like I said, my guess was probably right around just, again, with league averages, but that number that Kevin just said does not sound like league <laughs> average. I mean, that sounds like Tatis' average in, in regards <laughs> to
1: defense. Well, you want to know who the best defensive catcher in the National League is oh. by using the same metric? It's Will Smith. Oh, <laughs> not the direction yeah, I thought we were going. The Stale Prince. <laughs> He's absolutely on fire over his last seven games. He's batting 429 with two home runs. He's got a 372 on base thus far this season. So the bat for Will Smith has come alive, and it's paying dividends. And the defensive metrics I just talked about, throwing out base runners too. We got All Star Will Smith in form. Isn't his frame rate
2: like one of the best as well? Like according uh, to the, like static. like it, it tailed off, but we don't it have to talk off. about. <laughs> Can only get so much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Austin Barnes
1: was not who I was talking about, but he did hit a home run in San Francisco, so that was awesome to see. And he had a. Um, like a RBI uh bunt, I don't know what. What I'm what is the word I'm looking for? Safety squeeze, safety squeeze, squeeze. yes. Thank you. And they beat Scott Casimir, thank God, because they were paying him all that money. (laughs) But but he didn't pitch that bad, he pitched actually really well to everyone but Muncie, (laughs) right? Exactly. My final oh, thoughts I also on-
0: love I also love just want to throw that out there that Muncie now is tied for the most splash hits by an oppo- by a, an away player at that <laughs> whatever they call that park now. Um which is Oracle. cool. Oracle. Oracle Park. Yeah. Um so he has three splash hits, and I forget who he's tied with, but that's pretty that's pretty sweet.
2: One of them was I remember was Carlos Delgado, and I was like, yes. wow, that is a MVP baseball 5 favorite right there. But yeah, it was a couple, but I remember Carlos Delgado was one of them. My final thoughts on this series, and then
1: we'll move over to the next segue. Dave Roberts managed that series almost flawlessly. Maybe the best he's done all season long. He pulled all the right strings, pushed all the right buttons. Some people in this room right here were pissed that they subbed in Max Muncie for, for defensive purposes. But for me in a one run game, you absolutely have to do it because if the Giants <laughs> get a base runner on a BS air, you're going to lose your mind. So,
3: okay. Can I get a word in here for a minute? <laughs> Yeah. All right. That substitution was asinine. You don't bring in Max Muncy for one half inning as a defensive substitution at first base. Uh, I forget what the score was. I think they were only up by one run. It's two to one. Uh, but two to one. Uh, and you put him in the lineup where he's up sixth instead of what hit. He didn't even get an at bat. If you're going to bring in Max Muncie, the basically the hottest hitter on the planet you bring him in in the pitcher spot, or you take out DJ Peters, who was up first the next inning, and then you then you can put him in at first. You can bring in Yoshi to play left field. You don't you don't use Max Muncy as, as a defensive substitution and forfeit his at bat until if there was a tenth inning. That's dumb. I don't care if it worked out. Albert Pujols isn't eighty years old. He can handle first base for another half inning. That was a dumb substitution. It worked out, uh, but that was dumb. Overall, dumb decision. But it didn't matter. That's all I gotta say.
1: <laughs> Final thoughts, and then we're gonna talk Astros. Blake Harris is closer. Kelly Jansen. What a season <laughs> he's having. 131 <laughs> ERA, holding opponents, batting average averages to an 082 against.
2: How does that feel, Blake? That is that is illegal. That is I mean, the, the crazy part is, is the fact that like we're literally a Will Smith like tag and like hit in Oakland away from literally people having no problem with Kenley all year, because that blown game he had in Oakland, which again, he literally could have had had Will Smith hung onto the ball. Like he'd be fantastic on the season. And for whatever reason, people just thought he was bad then. So Kenley, maybe because it's a contract year, maybe that's a little more incentive, but he's pitching pissed. He said it is said it multiple times. He's pitching angry. And, even if he, because I think right now his walks per nine is down to only six per nine. If he can get that down to like three, there's literally going to be no stopping this guy because I, I don't have how many hits he has on the season, but whatever hits he's allowed, it's kind of like the trinon treatment where it's either just against the shift or it's like an exit velocity of like 60 or 70 off the bat. So get those walks down. And I mean, this is one of his best seasons over the last decade. I mean, he's just been, the fact that he's hitting 97 it's got me feeling some kind of way. I I never thought I'd see that again. But when he's hitting 97 and he's he's throwing like 93, 94 with some good movement as well. So yeah, Kenley, my uh, my GD closer. I don't know what the rating is on the Incline podcast, but he's my G D closer. GD closer. Well, it
0: just goes to show you that the work that he put in after the final out of the world series up until now has really paid off. And I think he talked even talked about, I can't, I can't remember uh, which coach it was, but they changed his routine to, um, instead of, you know, doing heavy weightlifting to do more, you know, cardio and conditioning to get him in a, you know, sort of a, a physical and mental mindset mindset to throw that hard. And I think that, that Dave Roberts has been managing him pretty damn well. Um, he's yeah. limiting him on back-to-back nights. Um, he's had to he's had to come in in back-to-back nights uh, uh, so on some occasions because you know there just isn't anybody else, and, and the bullpen is is hurting and taxed. And, and the and uh, again another bad thing about bullpen days is that that, that can happen. Um, but I think you know I'll I'm gonna have to eat my words because at the beginning of the season I said he wasn't a high leverage reliever anymore. And to my credit, he wasn't at that time. And and that's a big reason why they didn't use him, you know, for the final out of the world series. And they used Julio Urias, but man, he has proven me and a lot of other people wrong this season. I love that he's pitching angry. He looks dominant. He looks like he can't be beat. And you're right. Blake. he gets those walks down.
2: Nobody's touching the touching his cutter or touching any of his other pitches when he gets them in the zone. Do you guys think that, because uh, obviously during what spring training, I think even now him and Bauer, like they became throwing partners. Do you think Bauer has had any, because I mean, I, I, Kenley, I don't think has come out and been like, Oh, it's, you know, Bauer has been teaching me this and that, but do you think it's a coincidence that again, the second he becomes, you know, good buds and throwing partners with Bauer, maybe he's uh, taught him a little something or two, maybe giving him a little uh, sticky substance or two or something like that as well. <laughs> Well, in terms of the actual
1: pitch improvement, we heard from Blake Trident just a couple of weeks ago that, and we saw it displayed in a game just the other night that he Bauer was teaching Trident how to throw basically a backdoor slider. So we haven't talked, spoken to Jansen, but I have to believe they are working together in some form.
2: There you go. Yeah, I
3: mean, you're seeing it through Blake Trident's slider this year is dramatically different than it was last year and yeah. he said it himself he credits trevor bauer for for tinkering tinkering with it so i don't see why not i don't see how bauer wouldn't have an impact some impact on kenley obviously i'm going to give the credit to kenley himself uh but i don't see how bauer wouldn't have some kind of influence on it right all right so the bottom job... line
1: bauer's been great for this team
3: <laughs> yeah seriously yeah
1: dodgers are going back to houston Last season they took care of business. They won both games. It was a two-game series. They're going to play another two-game series. The Houston Astros are losers of three straight. They're 26 and 21, currently in second place in their division. So my first question to you guys is, how loud do the Astros fans boo the Dodgers?
2: Are they going to give us like the treatment like we were the team that was cheating? That's what I don't get. Cause I've been seeing this on like Astro's Twitter. Everyone how like all these Astro fans are excited and like upset with the Dodgers coming to town. Like why, 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 <laughs> why should their fans be like mad at us and hate us? Like wh- what? <laughs> Am I missing something here?
3: Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, these fans just never shut up, man. They, they just don't shut up. They, they're, they're insecure about their illegitimate championship And they think Dodger fans are whiny and, and babies. So yeah, they're going to, they're going to boo all the Dodgers. They'll boo Kershaw. They'll boo all these guys. Uh, But frankly, I don't think it's going to matter. I'm going to make my second sweet (laughs) prediction right now uh, that they're going to take two out of two in Houston. I like it. I
0: don't think it's a coincidence though, that this is the first game that they are going to be at full capacity at Minute Maid Park this year which by the way i don't know if you've seen any of the highlights from houston or even from arlington but it already looks like they're at full capacity so i don't know what the difference is going to be but i don't think it's a coincidence that this is the first series that we're going to see minute may park at its at its capacity i'm with you guys i don't understand what they could be possibly booing us about maybe they're <laughs> maybe they're just booing like the fan base or the franchise for for it's you know so bad, being man. It's angry so bad. I mean, we do know that, you know, that, that Bellinger and Turner, they were very outspoken against, you know, Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve. That was before the shutdown happened at at the first iteration of spring training last year. So we, we do know that that there were some Dodgers players that were outspoken. We do know that Bauer is going to get just absolutely hounded with booze. He was booed in San Francisco, (laughs) But that's going to be an exciting game on Wednesday when he takes the mound, especially since he's been trolling Houston even
1: way before he was a member of the Dodgers. That's true. My second question
2: is, does Joe Kelly pitch? Doesn't he have to? (laughs) I I need Bauer to go seven with Joe Kelly coming in the eighth. Like, I need air. Like, I don't (laughs) ask for much. I really don't. But if I can have anything... It's that those two – well, I mean, we're already getting Bauer. It's just a matter of, like, I, I need Joe out there. Like, I I. I it's a matter of, would, does Dave have the balls to do something like that to throw him out there? Um, I hope he does, but I, I need it. I, I need Joe out there on that mound.
0: Dave can my be petty is, and
3: salty. My question is, for the people who despise Trevor Bauer, to the point of rooting against the Dodgers when he pitches, what are they going to do for this series? Because I know they hate the Astros too, but they also hate Trevor Bauer. So what, what are they? What are these guys rooting for? Are they just rooting for a Dodgers win after Bauer gives up eight runs and then we come back in the ninth? Or, or what's, what's, What are, What are they doing? What's their plan here? I, I, would, lo- I would love to know. Uh,
0: I think their plan is that the, they're going to go to therapy.
3: Yeah, I mean, that would be good too. Or just
2: turn the game off and not watch. <laughs> yeah. That's quite
1: a dilemma. So here are the pitching matchups. This is one of my favorite. I'm glad we get to see it at least one more time. Zach Granke against Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. That'll be Game One. Game Two. Trevor Bowers, you guys just said against Luis Garcia. Not too familiar with this guy, but according to the Incline Chat scouting report, he's a big dude.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he is. He's a he's a he's a hefty hefty right hander.
1: So is that I'm Granky? excited. To,
0: I'm excited to see uh, Granky Kershaw, but I do have a quick question for you guys. I mean, okay. this is this is sort of the scene of the crime for Kershaw, Game Five of the World Series. Again, I'll I'll repeat it. I was there. Um, do we think th- Do we think Kershaw? Well, I guess how do we think Kershaw is going to handle this moment? And and do
2: we think he's going to dominate this Astros lineup? He'll be a champ, and he'll. I mean. I, what I'm hopeful for is is just like he'll go six seven innings, allow one run or something like that, and then it's like, well, you see what happens when uh, it's an even playing field. I'm just praying that he just doesn't have like one of those outings where he you know allows like four or five runs, and then it's just going to be kind of like it's not going to discredit what happened in 2017, but then people are going to be like, oh, you see, like you know now yeah. there's an even playing field. So I'm hopeful that he's uh, he's got his A game. He will. I mean, he'll be locked in. he will be locked in. Um, you know, it's gonna be rocking there. And uh so I, I I'm expecting him to have one of his Kershaw S scar starts, but I'm just you know hoping and praying that uh it doesn't implode, which uh potentially can the way it's gonna be rocking there. Zach he's still yeah. dealing at his age. He's four and one with a 377 ERA,
1: but he has so many blow against the Dodgers, it's kind of crazy. And over his last two seasons combined,
3: is a nine eighty-two ERA. Jesus. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, on the on the Kershaw front. I think he's going to pitch. Well, I do. Uh, But I do think there is going to be one or two annoying solo home runs that he gives up. It'll be the Correa or Gurriel or Bregman. One of those guys, that's just how the story I I see going. Uh, But I think he's going to pitch around six innings, give up one or two runs uh, and basically shut them up. But in terms of Zach Greinke, I think the Dodgers are going to kill this guy. The offense is, is, is humming. Uh, He can't throw the ball hard anymore. Uh, he's going to have to rely on his 57-mile-an-hour EFIS pitches to get through this Dodgers lineup. Uh, hopefully, Betts is back healthy. But, look, he's he, the numbers – he's still a solid pitcher, but I'm just going to say it. He's washed up. He is. And the Dodgers are going to make him pay for being washed up.
1: Betts is 3-for-5 against Cranky with three home runs. Turner is 11-for-33 with two home runs. Albert Pujols, career hitter, 304. And Austin I'll Barnes, will,
3: he's on the Dodgers, man. And Austin Barnes, who <laughs> so will probably hilarious. be in the
1: lineup, is two for four with one home run.
0: <laughs> I'd love to see an Albert Pujols majestic home run like he did
3: in, in the, the same D- spot of the of the uh, the that famous home run, yeah, two thousand five <laughs> NLCS. Oh yeah. god, that would be so great. Yeah. So,
1: so you mentioned there is some concerns that Kershaw might give up an annoying home run, and I don't know what's going on out there in Houston, but these batting averages are very suspicious. Jordan Alvarez is hitting 318 with seven home runs. Oh. Yuli Guriel, 319 with seven home runs. Jose Altuve has a 17-game hitting streak and he's also hitting 314. Alex Bregman has the exact same batting average as Altuve. And then Carlos Correa's Correa's hitting 270 himself. So well, yeah, they are
0: they're, they're as a team they are second in the majors in team OPS at 762. So they they have been hitting the ball really well this year. I wonder why. But Jordan Alvarez is in a little bit of a slump on the recent road trip. He recently went 3 for 22 with 9 Ks. So he's he's struggling a little bit. The Astros also come into this like we mentioned getting swept by the Rangers. They were 2 and 4 on their recent road trip. So they uh, you know, in in contrast to the Dodgers, they are not coming into this game humming.
3: Well, dude, we could luckily we have Josh Fields who can strike out Jordan Alvarez to to please don't. Trade.
2: I'm st- <laughs> please. I saw that tweet on the timeline the other day, and I just thought, oh god, man.
3: I'm gonna be if if Jordan Alvarez has a bad series, I'm gonna be so obnoxious on Twitter regarding the Josh Fields trade. Just just wait for it god
2: but the the astros again are approving why they're the stupidest team in the history of mankind where they literally did not need to cheat like they're still so good without it so i still don't get it
0: that's yeah that's what really bothers me about the whole thing is that they they do have talented players and they could have very well have beaten the yankees and beaten the dodgers in the postseason and yet that they had to resort to this bullshit
1: And then Kyle Tucker, who replaced George Springer. 299. He's not good, but he has 10 home runs. So I don't I don't know too much about him, but not their bullpen sucks. And Pedro Baez, as you mentioned, the bullpen has not pitched thus far for the Astros this season, so I don't expect that to change. Well,
3: it's
2: because he's still making his way to Houston. He hasn't got I was (laughs) was gonna say, or he just hasn't made his first pitch yet. He's still on the mound. (laughs) Support for the incline is
1: brought to you by Manscaped. The best in men's below-the-waist grooming. April is here, and you know what that means. Baseball is back, baby. So dust off your mitt and cleats this spring and be ready for first pitch. Just like the crew will be mowing their stadium grass, Manscaped products provide the best tools for your own personal grooming experience.
0: That's right, Kevin. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. That's a lot of dudes. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, though 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code INCLINE20. Manscaped even hooked this up with a bunch of tools from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit.
1: Trust me, as someone who has sensitive skin, the Lawnmower 3.0 with their advanced skin safe technology provides smooth precision and it's waterproof to make your shave clean and easy. So, guys and ladies who are listening, get 20% off plus free shipping with Incline20 at manscaped.com. Dot com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code INCLINE20. So strike out your pubes with Manscaped this season. Your balls will thank you. All right, guys, is there any other takeaways from this
2: vengeful Dodgers Astros series? I just want to say one. Uh, you know that either on the plane in his hotel room, Trevor Bauer is planning something. Now I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to go to the extent of hitting someone, even though he desperately, desperately probably wants to just like throw it 99, nine hour fastball that he probably has never thrown and just hit someone on the arm. But uh, he knows that, I mean, every game he does, it's something different where it blows up on social media or whatever he talks about it. And it's always a win for him. He has to be planning something, whether it's he goes six or seven and on the way back to the dugout, he like does the Joe Kelly frown, uh, there, I, I don't know what, but something has to be coming because again, you can make the case that this guy, to be honest, might hate the Astros than any, maybe of those Dodgers from that, like, you know, T because the Dodgers, they won a world series. So maybe they're not as, you know, hateful now towards them as they once were Barra hates this team. Like he, you know, wears the shirts saying like trash rows Houston cheated. He's called them out multiple times. He hates these guys. He's like, said the only team I will never play for is the Astros. So you know that he's going to do something. I, that's why I just I'm, – I'm praying that he has the game of his life because if he, like, allows five or six runs in, like, three or four innings, it gets pulled, and the whole thing's just – it sucks. Yeah, it's going to be rough. But yeah. If he's if he sh- – like, if he's dealing – or even then, and if he's doing whatever, like, if the Dodgers give him, like, a quick, like, 8-2 to two lead or something like that where he has a comfortable lead, like, I don't know what. But he – it, Twitter is gonna be going nuts with some things he does and I am looking so forward to it
0: yeah he definitely has something planned I'm not so sure that he'll throw it at anybody I just don't think that's his style yeah. um he's more of a he's more of a troll um but I I am really looking forward to him taking the mound against the Astros even if he doesn't like plan anything just him being on the mound against these guys it is, is going to be pure theater and uh, I can't wait
1: I love when he takes the sword and like sticks it yeah. in his pocket or whatever. And I think sadly,
3: the sword. I, it's, yeah, it's,
1: it's, I think Sally there's only about five Dodgers left from that 2017 team.
3: Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I agree. He's not going to throw at anybody. That that's not what he's going to do. Uh, but what I hope he does is shoves first of all and after every inning and every strikeout I wanted to be obnoxious about it I want to <laughs> see McGregor struts I want to see yes. sword sheaths I want to <laughs> see everything I want to see yeah. all of it uh, I want him to be a showman as well as a pitcher and I would love to see him just strike out 10 over six innings and give up one run and leave with the lead and and be completely obnoxious about it uh, just, and just feed <laughs> off that crowd and and just the man in the arena just feeding off all the hate
2: I'm I, sorry to cut off Jake, but I'm just picturing it's like the sixth inning. And he gets his like 11th strikeout. The Dodgers are up six and he just turns to the Astros dugout. And I'm just picturing him just like <laughs> yeah. one of these <laughs> numbers. If he like, if he does a, little, that, a like, little
3: bang for those who aren't watching on YouTube is what Blake yeah. was doing a little bang of the trash can uh, gesture.
2: I, I, I don't, I, I would go buy a Bauer jersey like that night. Like yeah. the purchase would be made. I, I still need a Joe Kelly one just because like, again, what, he's hurt the Dodgers so many times in the past. I know we kind of hype him w- up more than he should because of how many times he screwed the Dodgers. But still, what he did last year, like won me over for life, where I, I do need to pay it back to him somehow. But if Bauer were to somehow, again, like do that banging of any kind or, again, just shows him up, yeah, like, yes, already a fan for life, but I need it. Like, I And, need I, it.
0: and I, I feel like this is worth saying because I have seen a lot of people on my, you know, in my mentions or just on Twitter in general, saying like, "Oh, you know, get over it." it you know, it's 2017. Like, get get over this whole thing. And to that, I say this: This is the first opportunity that fans will get to boo this team. Keep in mind, there were no fans at the games last year, and that's when we found out about everything that happened and the entire investigation. So it's not so much that we haven't forgotten about the 2017 world series and we're butthurt about being beaten. We're still upset that we got cheated out of that world series title and all the other teams are, are pissed off as well. And that's why you're seeing guys getting booed wherever they go. And if the Josh Reddick, thing is any indication of what's to come when the Astros come to Dodger stadium. I am looking forward to it. I know that oh, Dieter rule, Dieter rule is probably practicing at home right now, <laughs> coming up with every single trash can song he can come up with every single ace of base song that he can come up with. This is going to be a lot of fun. And I think for Dodgers fans, this is what, this is what we need because the Astros got off pretty much scot free. The players yeah. did and you know, they, They basically didn't get suspended. They didn't get any sort of slap on the wrist or anything like that. And then, oh, by the way, the pandemic happened and they were shielded even further because there were no fans in the stands. So to all the people out there that say, get over it. No, this is our shot. This is our chance to, you know, really release all the anger and tension that has been
1: building up for this amount of time. Right. So whoever created the schedule just keeps on giving because after this Astros series, we'll do it rapid fire, but they're playing the Giants again for a four-game series at Dodger Stadium this time. Just a, a 10-game stretch or so of just hate nonstop. But we're going to see probably the same pitchers lined up again. I don't know about Scott Kazmir because he's not good, but we'll see Kevin Gaussman. He's lined up this go-around. He's 4-0 with a 166 ERA. So whether you want to just drop a prediction or a quick analysis of what the Dodgers have to do to take care of business, I'll let each of you give a quick take.
3: Well, I already made my take for the Astros series. Uh, I think they're going to take both games. uh, And I think Trevor Bauer is going to be, is going to gain a lot of fans uh, from around the league and from Dodgers fans who may not like him right now. Uh, I think, think his his this is an opportunity to become a sort of cult hero uh, as Joe Joe Kelly was Uh, and in the Giants series I mean I I guess I'll give him one game I think the Dodgers are going to take three out of four Uh, I'd like to see Bellinger and McKinstry come back as Roberts has said it's going to be probably this upcoming weekend Uh, so I would like to see them come back Uh, what they can produce right off the bat is is unknown obviously but this, I mean, I'm picking the Dodgers to win all these games because our pitching staff is ridiculous. It is truly absurd. Every, every, these four guys have just been awesome. And how, how am I supposed to pick against them? I, I, I'm just not going to do it.
1: <laughs> all right. I think this is where I interject now because I wanted to give some praise to Mark Pryor who besides the managers, I'm talking coaches. He might be the greatest coaching hire in franchise history, and the numbers over the last 12 games where they went 11-1, the pitching staff as a whole has a 208 ERA. And when you factor in just all the injuries and these new guys coming in, and we saw how Dustin May looked before he went down, and the breakout of Urias, I think you can make a strong case like whatever Mark Pryor is doing is just going like unrecognized. Like he might be the best pitching coach in
2: baseball, just with the numbers and the spin rate and everything. I mean, even in his, in his first year, weren't the Dodgers like number one like it was, I think they were number one bullpen last year, or at least in the top. Same with the starters. So yeah, his, his two-year sample size, or I guess a hundred-game sample size, has been and very. Yeah. And he was very the bullpen good. coach prior to
1: that, no pun intended. And we saw guys like Floro and Trinan, well, not Trinan, but Floro and Caleric and just the list goes on. Bias, it,
2: it you can just run down the order, right. He's done great. Yeah, I'll go mine. It's tough, you know, for a four-game series to call a sweep. If it was a three-game, I'd be calling a sweep, but you have to think maybe the Giants get by one of those games. But, I mean, after watching this past series, I just uh, I don't think this team is, like, as good as their record says. Granted, the Dodger pitching shoved. The Giants' offense essentially went pretty ice cold. But, I mean, if Buster Posey, if Brandon Crawford, if they're not hitting, who, like, who else in that lineup can they rely on that's going to be giving you good at-bats? So, I will go th- – actually, no, screw it. I'm going with the sweep. I'm going the four-game sweep. I'm being optimistic <laughs> here. I'm right, taking dude, the that's sweep. Right. I mean, especially if Bellinger and McKinsey well, – I think McKinstry supposed to come back before Bellinger, so maybe they get McKinstry back for like Thursday or Friday. Then you get Bellinger Saturday, Sunday. So they'll have the reinforcements back. I think they'll have everyone good to go. So I'm taking the four-game sweep. And the crazy thing is, like, if you just were to take out that stupid, weird 5-15 f- and 15 stretch – where it just made no sense. I think they had like seven losses by one run. This team is literally 24-3. and three. Now, granted, you're taking out half their yeah. games, but they're 24-3 and three without that awful stretch where they were actually the worst team in baseball. So uh, this team, when they're when they're on their clicking streak, which they're on now, and I think they'll carry, you know, from Houston into L.A., I'm, I'm not going to be shocked if by the end of the week weekend they're riding, what, a 13-game winning streak? I think they're at seven now. So wouldn't be shocked.
0: I mean it just goes to show you that the only way the Dodgers lose is if they beat themselves. The, I don't think anybody out there can beat can actually beat them, can actually take it to them right now in the National League. And right. maybe the Padres, maybe, but I think what we've what we saw over that awful 5 and 15 stretch was the Dodgers just beating themselves. They lost a lot of one-run a lot of one-run games. They had a lot of pitchers out there that shouldn't have been out there. They were making errors left and right. Nobody was hitting. Um, but if the Dodgers can score three to four runs a game in the Giants series, they'll sweep. I do think they'll get, I do think they'll lose one of those games. And if you follow any of my predictions this thus far, w- w- in terms of uh, Dodgers Dodger series, it means they will sweep. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that they're going to drop at least one of those games, maybe the Kevin Gosman game. But like I said, if they score at least three to four runs, they don't need much with that pitching staff that pitching staff will be able to shut down that giants lineup. Cause it is not, it is nothing. The the lineup I'm more afraid of is the, is the Astros lineup because they've got some actual uh, mashers in that lineup that we know that, that have beaten us in the past. So that's the series I'm a little, a little more worried for in terms of, you know, will some stupid shit happen at minimum park, you know, the fact that they have home field advantage, but yeah, I, you know, with
2: the way they're playing right now, I don't think anybody can beat them. Yeah, I just wanted to add one thing about you said about how they've been beating themselves. Had it not been for that Sheldon Noisy error a week ago, in which then resulted like in an Adam Duval home run, this, it, they'd be riding like an 11 game winning streak or a 12 game winning streak. I can't remember if they've won 11 or their last 12, whatever it is. That's their only loss, where again, he gets the routine play throughout that inning. They win that game against the Marlins, and that's right. their only loss in this like two week stretch. Well oh, right, they shouldn't have they they shouldn't have lost to the Marlins, just like they shouldn't have lost to the Cubs and they should have lost yeah. shouldn't have lost to the Reds. And that one in Milwaukee that they lost on the walk-off too, yeah. Yeah. Like this team could that easily be four game. or five games up in first place. Like they should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the Padres have won nine games
1: in a row. Someone needs to stop them. Thanks a lot, Seattle. Hey, what, what, Woodruff's doing there. just that
2: last I checked 15 minutes ago. Oh, nice. They're That's playing the very Brewers. good. That's good. A, a good team yeah. for once. <laughs>
3: Yeah, they're down 3-0. in the <laughs> All right, so
2: we're gonna
1: we're gonna use the final ten minutes or so, free for all. I'll start with Jake Reiner. Oh
3: yeah, pick a couple. I got a good one. wanted to but I'll go ahead, discuss.
1: Jake. So I just
0: wanted to kind of throw this out to you guys. Um, I'm a little worried about Mookie Betts, and yeah. I I want to get your guys' take on that. You know, he got two days off during that Giants series. The first game was was what Dave Roberts called a spa day which just seemed like okay, they're just they're just kind of giving him a, a mental and physical break. But then he was a late scratch with left shoulder soreness before Sunday's game. We know he was out for, you know, a couple of games, four games in mid-April with that lower back issue. and, and, it, and I mean it, it does explain a lot. I mean, you know he hasn't really been the mookie bats that we know he can be. and he, he's still hitting all right, but not to the level that we expect him to um Are you guys worried about his his health and and what what do you make about all this recent news with him?
1: Mookie Betts is still winning National League MVP. That's how He's worried better I, I got
2: seven to one odds on him winning. That's it. how worried I am. <laughs> wow,
3: that's that's a strong take this this far into the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, you did say that Glaber Torres is going to win MVP, so
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It'll it could still happen.
3: Well, are you trust- worried? Are you worried, David? Uh, you know, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not worried about his skill. I'm not worried about him, his slow start. No, no. Uh, I if mean, there's about anything to be interest. worried about. Uh, maybe, uh, but I think if it was actually serious, I think they'd put him on the IL. So I think he's just dealing with a little, you know, minor things here and there that, that are kind of slowing him down. And the thing I've noticed this year is his, the speed. Uh, yeah. he's not as fast as he was last year. Uh, so you can tell that, you know, and it's not like this dude aged 20 years in one year. So obviously some injury is, is hampering him and uh, you know, balls, you see him beat out last year. He hasn't beat those out this year. Ground ball in the infield. So a little bit, a little bit of concern, but look, it's a long season guys can play through it and still get healthy at the same time. So no, is the short answer.
2: I think they said on the broadcast the other day that Luke Rayleigh has the same sprint speed as Mookie Betts this season, which uh, I don't know if that's a credit to Luke Rayleigh for having wheels or for Mookie not, but that's the thing I've noticed too. Yeah. His speed seems down. I'm like, not it's, you know, the end of May. So I'm not too worried. It's not ideal. I just wish the Dodgers would be like upfront about it because obviously like with the whole back issue he was having in Oakland, obviously something about that was kind of carrying over. The last few weeks, apparently he's had this like shoulder problem for the last like week and a half. And they've just been like, you know, tweaking it, testing it out, getting treatment on it. And they've kind of just kept that, you know, on the down low. So just like at this point, I mean, it's still early in the season, just put him on the 10 day IL and just give him a week, week and a half off. Uh, maybe you probably can't now with Pollock and Bellinger out, but if they that, come yeah. back. And-
1: yeah, that's the problem. Do you want um, Luke really starting it, every day?
2: Oh God. No. <laughs> a, a board. D- a D- DJ Peters too. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe maybe, maybe he's going to get
3: healthy. He's going to get healthy. Maybe he has to play through a little bit, but it's, 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 I don't think, look, the Dodgers are going to, are going to take precautions if, if he's not going to be playing, if he can injure it more. So I think it's just a, as time goes on, he's, he's just going to, you know, slowly get better. Yeah. All right. Can I do my idiot of the week segment now? (laughs) Yes. All right. So this is a tough one because this guy was actually on our show. About three weeks ago, Uh, Danny Vietti, baseball reporter, blogger, who uh, doesn't say he's a Padres fan, but I think he's a Padres fan. (laughs) So this take uh, he put out yesterday. He put a home run, uh, excuse me, a grand slam from Fernando Tatis Jr. He posted that video highlight with this caption, quote, Mike Trout better hurry back because that gap is closing. Stop it. Just, just stop. Fernando Tatis has played a little over one full season. To be clear, his war, combined war, in that Fernando Tatis's career is still lower than it was Mike Trout's rookie season. So this comparison needs to absolutely stop. Tatis is not on the level of Soto. He's not on the level of Acuna. He's not on the the level of any of these guys who have played more than one season. If Fernando Tatis is doing this for three more years, then we can talk. But if you're going to compare him to Mike Trout, I'm going to call you an idiot. And you were a nice guy when we talked to you. You were, Danny. uh, But that take was an idiotic. And you deserve to be called an idiot for that take. You're a nice guy, and I hate to do it. But come on, man. That was just pathetic take i hated it hated it i mean the take is awful in its own right it would be like
2: i wouldn't even give him the light of day but i'd be like i could see potentially why maybe someone would potentially want to consider if trout this year was just like hitting o fifty, 50 whatever i don't know i i didn't get with the how many games they both played but they both missed some solid time they literally have the exact same numbers this year so trout's been just as good if not better, than tatis in the time he's played so like I said if Trout was sitting like under 100 okay
3: but no like no no and and to be clear Trout was by far the best player in baseball until the injury on basically every single metric possible
0: yeah I I just think it's it's um it's Danny understanding his his audience I mean he did he did talk about how he had like a pretty strong Padres following so he knows that a take like that is going to take off and it's just it, I mean major league what major League baseball is trying to do is just, they're trying to force Fernando Tati's jr down our throats and it's just a constant constant thing that's happening and like a lot of people pointed out is like, Gavin Lux's grand slam yesterday was was overshadowed by Fernando Tatís's grand slam because it's Fernando Tatís and that that's just what what's going to happen. I mean, he's got the most swagger and he's got and he's and he's marketable and he's on the cover of MLB The Show. And so I just I I I think Danny's a Smart dude, I don't, I, I, don't think if he was on this podcast right now and we asked him, like, dude, what are you doing? He would back up that take that he had. I think it honestly was you was more back of a,
1: that up. No, no. I, I'm, what I'm saying is, <laughs> yeah. is that
0: I think it's honestly more for the clout than it is actually his take on this.
3: Well, then stop doing that crap. <laughs>
0: right. No, I, I agree. Mean- <laughs> I'm with you on
3: that. I'm with you on that.
0: I'm just saying that, like, that that is not that is not a take I I would expect
2: from
3: someone that. Follows the game the way he does. Yeah. Tatis has played six games, six less games than Trout this season. Trout's war is 2.7, or excuse me, 2.4, and Tatis is 1.7. So stop it. Just stop. Stop all of these comparisons. Talk to you in th- three years, Fernando Tatis Jr. You're a hell of a player. Let's, I'll talk to you in three years, my friend. It just sucks because, like, it'd be one thing
2: if they, they you know, they just constantly showed him and the dude was just, like, a total jerk and unlikable. He's, like, a good guy he's you know you want to root for him but it's like i don't need to see him you know stumbling while making a catch in like short center field that literally is routine for anyone else but because he tripped it makes it look like a crazy play and i literally like if he hits a game winner like show me the game winner at mlb show me his game winner but I don't care that he hits a solo shot to right field. You know, grand slam maybe, but it's just every home run.
3: Like I just, seven I just, angles like, of it, all these the yeah. dugout celebrations. Just like, stop all of it, man. Yeah. He's, like I, said, I like Like, like you said, he's I I do too. Yeah, I do too. It's it's the MLB is tr- is just forcing him down our throats, man. And it's just it's too much.
2: Like Acuna is literally like the MVP front runner in the National 100%. League. One hundred percent. I, I feel like I'm hearing. Nothing? nothing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I still think Juan Soto is the best pure hitter in baseball, and I have heard like literally nothing about him all season. His numbers aren't like what I ex- would have expected, but like this dude's a generational talent, and I'm not hearing or seeing anything on him.
0: Yeah. Nope. Well, the thing, the good thing, the good news is, is that you know we've also seen a lot of, of Shohei Otani, which we should be. And what yeah. he's doing what he's doing is out of this world never before seen since Babe Ruth. So I'm glad that he's getting the notoriety that he deserves. But yeah, this the talk to you
1: stuff is just is just over the top. Yeah. It was awesome to see
2: Otani stretch what is normally a single for most guys into a double. So the yeah, guy's got just, he's got m- yeah, he's fun to watch. watch my uh, my 50 to 1 mvp ticket of him is looking very very juicy right now yeah <laughs> nice all right blake well we really appreciate you
1: coming on today it wouldn't be right if we didn't at least let you speak of two topics that
2: are on your mind so why don't you go i'll start with my first and it's the fact that literally there are there's probably nothing out there in the world i hate i'm a loving guy i love everyone i love everything but I absolutely despise and hate with every ounce in my soul. Padres, Twitter, they're the absolute knew that's worst. that's where
0: that was gone. <laughs> they yeah. are
2: – it is unbelievable. I, I shared with messages – I shared David some messages from the other day. And the stuff that they do say, it's unbelievable. The fact that I can tweet anything and somehow within seconds they're on it, yep. whether it involves yep. them or not. Sometimes it's you know a shot, but a lot of the times it's not. So I, I just – it, they're awful. Like they're the absolute worst. I can't take them anymore. Number 2, and that is to every reliever the Dodgers have, please for the love of god, get healthy, come back soon. Bruce Gonsolin, Jimmy Nelson, Scott Alexander, Corey Canable, please.
3: Dennis Santana we, we and he's behind
1: Hey, he was
3: he wasn't awful. <laughs> he's been decent this yeah. year. Well, compared yeah, this to- is this is a pro Scotty Ice I, podcast, I, Kevin. I, get I with a, the program. I
1: bet his FIP is over 5.
3: That's fine. I will I will have Alex
2: Alexander and his 5 FIP over Dennis Santana yes. any day of the week because oh, like yes. that's
0: the, the Useta, Santana, Vesia. Oh man, it is just brutal. Yeah, Blake, brutal. help
1: help settle this discussion. Who is the worst reliever in the bullpen right now? No, it's no, the, no,
3: no, no, no. you got to phrase it better. You got to phrase it better. <laughs> okay, out of it. the three, out of the three, Vesia, Useta, and Santana, rank them if your life was on the line and you needed three outs to get now, if
2: this is tenth inning, basers are loaded, no outs, no, 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 clean inning seven.
3: bottom of the ninth, you need three outs, because
2: yeah, for whatever reason, Dennis Santana is the lead in in the extras. all right, so if my life's on the line, and I need three outs,
3: yeah, in order, I need you to rank the three.
2: I'm probably going well, for what, Dennis Santana's dead last, that's easy, so he's third. <laughs> uh there you go <laughs> who
1: said the, I'm the rest to, doesn't matter. Rest give, me doesn't
0: matter. give me Dennis
2: Santana. No. Give me Dennis Santana. I'm, I'm with you,
3: Jake. I'm Actually, with you, wait. Jake. Did, Actually, you see what
2: he did? did you see what he did last year against Houston? I was gonna say yeah. actually scratch that that makes sense because Dennis Santana, when the moment is at its highest and extra innings, this yeah. dude shoves. So if he comes in, I don't, no, not even extras. Give me the ninth inning, bases loaded, no outs, he's coming in the game, he's getting out of that jam untouched. Say so I'm going Dennis Santana with my life. Well, they, right. they, they said yeah. clean inning. They Bro, said can clean they just inning.
0: like can they All just we like- did
3: say clean inning?
0: Can they just, we've seen, we've seen Useta and Vessia get absolutely destroyed with a clean inning. We've not seen them pitch well under any tight circumstances to this point. We've seen Dennis Santana do it. So that's why I'd go with him. I mean, it's literally like pick your poison though, right? I mean, it's none of these are good options, but from what I've seen, i'm going santana hands down it's not even it's not even a competition for what what they need to do
2: is they need to blindfold him in the in the bullpen just blindfold him the entire game and then say dennis we're putting extras we need you to get warm (laughs) then he'll come out and then he's going to just lock it down like no problem which i i don't understand you can't turn around and look at the scoreboard no like yeah don't do it like last year in houston and then this year in san diego i don't know how and like I don't know. I forget what game it was. It was like a week or two ago where Oral was legit getting like pissed. He's like, this guy has such good stuff and it upsets me that he can't like figure it out or use it. Because I mean, years ago, Dennis Santana was like, I think a top five tennis prospect in the system. And he has yeah. the stuff. He just, I, I don't get it. He just said has been awful. I mean, at least I've yeah. seen the, I, another
0: I've guy. Seen the, who
1: I, I like his stuff though. I've seen, Bas- I've seen, Basia, I've Usetta, seen I've seen the I've seen him being, get through some innings but he's just, Jesus he's being hurt because they didn't have a minor season last year be
3: Dennis better. Santana when the moments when the moment's big he's gonna rise to the occasion he's got a neck tattoo like give me that guy on the mound
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: also yeah. for the record Kevin Scott Alexander's FIP is 3.92 so oh, Scotty wow. ice in your face <laughs> Well,
1: not in my face because he's still bad but at least it helps your argument a little Kevin would writing. you rather
2: have Scott Alexander or uh-huh. Dennis Santana, Edwin Usetta coming in. Um I am
0: going you, I'm,
1: I'm, you I'm going Usetta.
0: No. What? <laughs> Based on
1: what? <laughs> no. Give him give him a few more outings, he'll be better. Dude, I, I, I- <laughs> Scott I, Alex- mean, I I
0: love, agree. I love Kevin Man because he just he will die on the on the worst hill possible. <laughs> I've seen Scott
1: Alexander in the World Series. I've seen Dennis Santana in like eleven oh games. He almost blew it against the Angels. You said uh work with the prior just a little bit more. He's gonna be the better pitcher. So you're you're
3: basically I, I going- agree, I agree with you on that statement, but right now, no. Well, right now Alexander's no. hurt, so I don't want to go that route. Skye, hoping, hoping
1: you're hoping you strike lightning. That's what you're hoping for. Give me Brandon <laughs> League. What about any of those guys, Brandon League or Chris Hatcher? I'll take
3: them over those lousy bums. Any Chris Hatcher, dude? I would take any. I would take Scott Alexander throwing right-handed over Chris Hatcher.
1: <laughs> All right, guys, and that's our it's,
0: mediocre bullpen yeah, discussion.
3: That's, that's,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's close this out with final thoughts. Jake, you go first.
0: Oh man. I'm just so happy that the Dodgers are playing well, man. It is so much more fun to watch than than what what we had to endure over that 20 game stretch, man. It is, it is so nice to see them play up to their potential. It's also nice to see that sort of next man up mentality. It's what we saw, you know, pretty much throughout 2017, throughout 2019. It just seemed like, there was always a guy that rose to the occasion and and was the hero on any given night. And that's the type of baseball that we're used to watching. Um, This starting rotation has been a, just a, such a fantastic thing to watch throughout this entire season. They've really held it down for this team. And that's why they're in the position that they're in. And I'm excited for Houston, man. I am excited for this series. I've been waiting for this. I'm, I actually am more excited when they come back to Dodger Stadium. But this is going to be fun. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. And all eyes are on, are on Trevor Bauer, man.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun series. I just hope for the Dodgers' sake, you know, they, they can pull out the victories just because I need the bragging rights. I just can't take Astros fans. I forget who it is, but that one guy that covers the Astros, his profile picture, he's bald. He has like Michael an Astros. Schwab. I
3: already know who it is. He's the literal worst.
2: Schwab. I already know I'm going to have interactions with him over the next two days. So hopefully that settles it. Again, I need Bauer for seven, Joe Kelly for the eighth. Like I need air. <laughs> and uh, like I said, just make it out. Then hopefully this weekend the reinforcements come back bellinger's back mckinstreet's back and uh keep this winning streak alive because like you said jake mm-hmm. it's a lot more fun when they're winning i i enjoy life a whole lot better when I, we're getting dodger dubs a whole lot more <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah i'm just excited to see the fans uh there's gonna be a lot of dodger fans at that houston series in right. houston so i'm excited to see you know how how they're gonna treat these guys obviously it's gonna be more astros fans but I don't think it's going to be that friendly of environment there at, at, at the juice box. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Cody Bellinger coming back, man. I, I miss his defense a lot. I miss, you know, not having to see, you know, someone that I don't want to see in the lineup at, in the, in the eighth hole in the seventh hole, basically being automatic outs. Uh, so Cody Bellinger is going to help with that as is McKinstry. So I'm looking forward to seeing these guys back. And the last thing I got for you is the Brewers just knocked Blake Snell out of the game in the fourth inning so this guy just is not good uh i'm i'm blake snell is bad i'm sorry yeah he'll get strikeouts but talk to me when he can pitch six innings
1: he's just josh Hader, but can go an extra inning
3: yeah
0: pretty much (laughs) that's a good point
1: my final thoughts are the astros i said it last year i'm carrying it over they're the biggest frauds in the american league they will not make the postseason they're not that good their pitching is suspect all across the board, McCullers is a crybaby. I'm calling my shot. There will be at least one ejection in that two-game series because the umpires are going to co- get a call from Rob Manfred saying don't let any funny business happen. And just like with Terry Collin and Tom Halley and the situation... You know, the situation calls for he it. The ass is in the jackpot. Yes <laughs> is in the <laughs> jackpot. No fun allowed in Major League Baseball. You're not allowed to wear your own logos. You have to just be boring and have no personality unless you're Fernando. Then I guess you're the exception. But that's my yeah. shot right there. So
3: All right. I like it.
1: Blake Harris, thank you so much for coming on. Once again, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Blake Harris, TBLA. He's probably the best in the business covering the Dodgers. And really help us out. Subscribe, follow us on Twitter. It's all in the description below. We're making this thing blow up. We had Blake trying it a few weeks ago. We want more Dodgers. With your support, we can make that happen and bring you guys exclusive one-on-one interviews. Okay, I'm going to... Over here at The Incline, we're proud to be teaming up with Dodgers Tailgate. You can follow them on Twitter, at Dodgers Tailgate. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Dodgers Tailgate. Your one-stop spot for Dodgers news, rumors, hot takes, interviews, highlights, and more. We are a site by fans for the fans. So give them a follow. They have all kinds of awesome content, interviews, articles, podcasts like this, videos, you name it. Dodgers tailgate doing big and exciting things for all the Dodger fans out there. We're proud to be partnering with InTheClutch.com. InTheClutch Apparel is bringing you guys some of the most awesome, sportswear in the game whether it's the dodgers lakers you can go to the san francisco area all around the country they have all kinds of awesome t-shirts featuring your teams and favorite players i'm talking dodgers wise they got mookie betts Clayton kershaw trevor bauer justin turner joe kelly the list just goes and on goes on and on so use the promo code incline dodgers all caps that's incline dodgers all caps and you can save 20 percent off